Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. I'm listening and I'm hungry. Lord, open my ears to hear and my heart to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everything that we do is based on, on His Word. And if we don't believe it's true, we're not going to have the right path. But by declaring not only that He's an awesome God, but that Your Word is true, He is going to help us. So this morning, what I want to do, I want to connect last week's message to this week's message, and also to our theme for 2022. Do you remember what that is? It's it's growing in generosity in our time, talents, and treasure. That hasn't gotten away from us. So everything, all the message should, at some place, should thread in a little bit of that throughout this year. I want to I want that to be my focus. I want to grow. How many feels like? And you may raise your hand, you may not, but it feels like I've been growing in in the Lord in this journey, and I, I want to particularly grow in my giving my time and giving my talents, giving my treasure. That should be our our challenge and we should be meeting up to that. I want to be better today than I was at the beginning of the year in giving to the Lord. And and a lot of times we hear that word giving, we jump automatically to money. No, it's about giving time. It's about giving our our talents. It's about giving our treasures, yes. And so uh, we're going to incorporate that. Thank you again for your heart for missions. May, we're calling May Missions Month. Uh, So throughout this month, uh, we'll do different projects, but uh, whatever you give that's not designated to as a tithe or to our projector project or any other project, it goes into missions. If you're already giving to missions, uh, uh, keep doing that. And so whatever you designate that for, we make sure it goes to that project. Um, and so if you give uh, above that, whatever comes in that's not designated, we split up to other missions project, one of those being uh, our state camp meeting. We always take a missions offering there where all the churches of the state come together. And this year we're focusing on giving to Ukraine. So our church is not giving $100,000. We may, who knows, somebody may drop in some money and and we'll give it gladly. Uh, But together um, as a state, we believe from the beginning of the conflict until the camp meeting, we can raise $100,000 along with other churches around the United States to help Ukraine and rebuilding and taking care of the refugees and, and those children that are there that from our orphanage. A lot of needs are there, but together we can make an impact. Amen. So this month, just having it at heart, it's missions month, and we're we're get we're geared up. We can do missions all the time, but our focus this month, Lord, I want to be super sensitive to what you're wanting to do around the world and what you want to do locally and, and globally here uh, with missions. Let's jump in. So I'm going to tie in a little bit of last week, and and I'm going to repeat some of the things. I'm not preaching the same message. I will get to a new message, but hang in there just a little bit uh, uh, this morning. I want to build that foundation again, especially for some that weren't able to be a part of it, but I I feel like this is so great for to understand. We were talking about countering conflict. I have to say up front, too, uh, I know the direction I was going is like, here's how we work through conflict, but all conflict's not bad. Just just go ahead and say, all conflict's not bad. We're going to have have it all the time. It's how we respond to conflict. Because if we don't know, if there's not a conflict, sometimes we won't change things. Uh, we won't understand the need to change something. If, if we don't ever find out that someone doesn't agree, you know, 
with you. you, you your wife may serve you green beans your whole life, and, and you're, you barely eat a couple of them, and they don't realize, I don't like green beans. Until you have that conversation, you know, there may not be a change, right? And, and your taste buds may never like green beans. I like green beans. I'm not saying it's not me, and, uh, but I'm just, you know, so, but, but you got to, some conflicts is good, right? Because you resolve it, but it's how we deal with it. And so that's what the focus is about this. Um, the verse that Brother Martin shared this morning lined up. That's what we started with last week is that Matthew uh, 28, that great commission, teaching what I've taught them, make disciples, teaching what I've taught. We asked, what did Jesus teach? He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And then the New Living says this, God blesses those who work for peace, right? And so we pulled out of that. It takes effort. Now, I'm not preaching all this word by word. As Again, I'm just running through this. It takes effort, though, for conflict to be resolved. It takes effort. So I just want to ask, has anybody worked on anything this week? Have you, have you put a little bit more effort in some of these things that you may be dealing with? So listen, I, I gave you this, uh, this thought. Conflict and offenses have plagued people and the churches. How should believers guard against the scheme of Satan? How many knows the enemy is always going to attack, but God has us. Uh, he empowers us to overcome that. And we and then we've been going into Philippians chapter four. This is a this is a place where we saw conflict took place. Uh, he, he gives us this story about these two these these two women, uh, Eudea uh, and Synthache, and he says this in verse two: Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreements. And, and here's the question: Do you belong to the Lord? And if you say yes, I do, then we've got to learn how to settle our disagreements, and we got to do it in a biblical way. And the Holy Spirit can give us the power. Verse three, it continue on. I almost left this verse out, but it's so important that we capture this about being a a peacemaker. It says, and I urge you also, true companions. Help these women who labor with me in the gospel. So he's commissioning the church. We're supposed to help one another in this uh, because uh, where our names are written in the book of life. How many knows you're going to, you're going to heaven because your name's been written down in the Lamb's book of life? And, and so it's not just about now I'm on my own journey. We're on this journey together, and so we're here to help one another. I'm not trying to say you get in other people's business, but we let the Holy Spirit help us if there's a conflict, and we're able to help be a peacemaker in the Lord wants us to be involved in this so we've got to we've got to see how the scripture wants to use us how the spirit of god wants to use us to minister to one another now i know i'm talking fast this morning we're going to get to the the second part here so i'm kind of teaching right now just backing up so i gave you a couple of acrostics i'm not going to break them all down again but i want you to hear it again remember the this practice the sog plan anybody remember sog anybody try to work on that and and kind of keep that in mind it's real simple it's being self-aware you know, how am I feeling right now during this, this conflict? How am I dealing with this? Uh, being other aware? Uh, how are others' feelings? How, how am I affecting them? And being God aware. Where, where's God leading me in this? This came into place yesterday. We, we were with Roger and, and, and Annette yesterday. They were in their last class at MIP, and we were at a restaurant, and, uh, and there were the, the, the person who was cooking the food, we was at a place where they cook in front of you. The Japanese so cool. Sorry, anyway, but uh, uh, they, he, he was misunderstanding some stuff, and, and so we mentioned, and Sister Annette goes, yeah, the SOG pl- worked out really good right there. She brought because we, we had to be self-aware of what he was feeling. You know, you can make people feel really bad because of what you're dealing with, too. We've got to be aware. How am I making them feel? Not going to stay on that, but I just wanted you to, to hear this again. And then I gave you this other one. Read, right? Recognize, read yourself accurately. Recognize your emotion. It goes back to the other one. They're interconnected. 
evaluate the source. Where is this feeling coming from? What's causing me to feel this way? Anticipate. This is the big one. Anticipate the consequence of following that. If I don't get this under control, if I don't have peace or long-suffering and temperance, if it's, if it's, if it's boiling me up, I got to realize what's the consequences if I react the way that I want to react versus responding the way I should respond. And then direct them on a constructive course. So that was two. I had, had a whole bunch. I didn't want to give you too many last week, but here's two new ones. This first one's not on your outline, but it's, it's, it's a GPS. Follow a trustworthy GPS. Again, I'm sharing these. I didn't make these up. I'm pulling this from some other resources. But uh, this is God's positioning system, okay? In, this, in the conflict, you want to still glorify God. Trust and obey and worship Him. How many knows that God's always worthy to be glorified? No matter what we're going through, I wanted my life to glorify Him. Pursue God. That means seek Him earnestly. It's real easy, like in a moment. I'm in a conflict, right? God, you stay over there. I'm going to go ahead and take care of it the way I want to. No, we've got to pursue God in this. God, how am I supposed to deal with this? Because this is hard. Some conflicts are really hard and are hard to deal with, but what's the problem is, as believers, a lot of times we haven't submitted our heart to God in the middle of it, and so we reacted into, out of the flesh and made things worse. Anybody ever made things worse? I have. I just go ahead. I've made things worse before because I wasn't trying to pursue God in the moment. And I've got to, do, I've got to serve God. This is so important. Do what pleases Him. A lot of times we try to do what pleases us. So this will make me feel better if I say it. It may at the moment, but later on you're like, I don't feel so good after I said that. <laughs> because if I was pleasing him, I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have acted like that. Is that, does that help? All right, here's one for you. This one should be in your outline if you pick those up this morning. Serve every person you meet. So I'm going to give you the breakdown on this one. Smile. This is, again, coming from Ken Sanders, uh, the peacemaker. Smile. You're like, how's that serving? Because you can give that away for free. And you can serve somebody with a smile. It makes a big difference. You've heard me say, you know, about smiling before. And, and, you know, smiling can be contagious. It really can. So smile at home, at office, at, say it with me, at church. Go ahead and do it. Smile to somebody right now. Come on, brother Mark, smile. Give us that. There you go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's smiling. You just can't see him. It's a store on the telephone. You're like, on the telephone? You mean, you talking about FaceTiming? No, I'm talking about when you're talking to somebody just on the phone. Do you know that they can pick up what your behavior is right there just by if you're smiling or not? I, I, was, in, I was in sales for a while, and I, I was on phone sales where people would call in, and I'd have to talk to them. And, and part of the teaching technique, they was like, hey, if you need to, get a mirror and put it at your desk and make sure you're smiling at yourself while you're talking to them. They'll pick up on it. It, it is. Seriously, especially if you're in conflict with somebody, go ahead and smile while you're talking to them. It'll change uh, some of your behavior, really. The second one, explore and empathize. Show interest and compassion. Reconcile. Be a peacemaker. That's what the Jesus says, right? And if you remember from last week, that word peacemaker there in Matthew chapter 5, uh, that, that's the only time that word was used, peacemaker. And Jesus said it, so it must have been important. Value. Express appreciation and respect. 
We've got to learn to value one another. You, you remember last, last week, and I'll get to that verse in a, in a moment. Uh, think about these things, whatever is good. If you're in a, if you're in a conflict, and, and the next day you wake up and you're still upset about the day before, instead of thinking about all the negative things that person did, begin to try to value some of the things they have done good in the past. Start working through that. You'll start realizing they can outweigh uh, those other things. It'll, get, it'll make you start thinking about them different. You start praying for that person uh, every time. they Because how many can just admit that even though you say, I forgive, and I, I'm going to try to forget it, that it keeps coming back up sometimes. Some things that, but if you choose to say, you know what, I'm not going to focus on the negative part. I'm going to focus on the things that person has done good uh, with me and for me and, and, and to me. And, and, and I'm going to focus, I'm going to pray for that person, Lord, wherever they are right now, begin to bless them. And that, what if that happens every three hours? You're going to eventually, you're like, you know what? I do love this person. I'm still going to focus. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to stay there. It's, a, it's, we have to make it intentional, right? And encourage, give heart. If you're not, if your heart's not in it, we looked at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, right? Above all else, guard your heart, right? It's a, because the, your life flows from that. Lord, help my heart be in it. Inspire. This is so neat. Put wind under their wings. Help them soar. Help them. So that's something that just as a kind of a side note. So as we talked this morning, countering conflict and growing in generosity... Go ahead, next slide there. I want us to continue in the context of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 is such a powerful passage. And a lot of times we've pulled out a couple of verses and, and just and, and focus on those verses without realizing all that's going on in this passage. And so last week I started unpacking that. I'm going to finish the, uh, most of the chapter today, and, and I, but I want to back up to verse 4 and just fly through these verses real quick as we get into verse 10. Verse 4 says, and, and I want to put this under the title, How to Counter Conflict. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. We looked at this last week. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to be made known to God. I'm dealing with conflict, but I, I, I don't want to be anxious in this. And so I need to give it to God in prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving. What, how can I be thankful in this conflict? Because I know that God's going to bring me through. I can be thankful for his mercy and his grace and his love that he's given me. How many has been forgiven by God? Shouldn't we forgive others? Lord, help me. Be thankful for what, and I'm going to make this request known to you because if I don't make it known to you and I try to handle myself, I'm going to botch it up. I'm going to mess it up. I need to give it to you. Verse 7, and the peace of God. We start doing this. How many wants a peace of God? I need a peace and conflict, so I need God to help me by giving it to him if I seek him first. And the peace of God, which will surpass your understanding, will guard your hearts. Through Christ, And then I brought in that verse again, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. That's Proverbs 4.23. 
Verse 8 says, then finally, brethren, what things are true. This is, gives us this, this, last week I called it outthinking conflict. This is what we need to start doing. And in the middle of this, I need to start thinking about whatever is true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report. If there's any virtue in these things and are praiseworthy, meditate on these things. What does meditating mean? It's not just a quick thought. It means I'm dwelling on that. I'm going to think, I'm going to be intentional about in these relationships I'm having conflict. There's got to be some good in that person. Help me pull that out so I'll deal with this right because I don't want, to, I don't want this relationship to be severed or end or destroyed because God has put these people in my life and, and I've got to learn to deal with them and work with them. And so I want to do it in a good way. I want to be, I want to be at peace with them. And then we looked at that verse last week from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, right? Pursue peace with every person and holiness, for without which you won't see the, the presence of the Lord. And so God help us in this, this final verse, these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw me do. This is Paul saying, I, I've demonstrated this before you, do these and God will give you the peace. He'll give peace with you. So I want to start this portion of the message of reasons to counter conflict. Starting with that same phrase that we shared last week, conflict and offenses have plagued people in the church. I want to add this thought, and it will impact generosity in giving. You, you know, your, your, your heart, if your heart's not in it, you're not going to be a giver of your time, talents, and treasures. If you're at conflict and, and, and things are not at peace, you're not, you, you don't want to go serve with people. You don't want to give your time to serve with them. You definitely don't want to give to a, a, a project that you don't see any need in, like well, a new project. I don't know if we need that. Because your heart's been messed up with some other things, right? How many knows you're, you're, when you're in conflict and you, and you got the wrong attitude, it affects everything. And it will impact our generosity in giving of our time, talents, and treasure. So I want to, I want to line it up with God. I, I, want, to be a, I want to grow in generosity in, in my time, talents, and treasure. So I might have to look at what are some of the, of the elements, what are some of the, the sources that might keep me uh, from doing that. What are some of the, I need to diagnose myself. Is there some things underlining my, my heart, my attitude that will keep me from growing in, in generosity? So let's go back to our passage, Philippians chapter 4. Paul says, and this, this thinking about giving generously, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but lacked opportunity. They were, they were giving to Paul, and then there was a time that they weren't able to, and, uh, but he, he knew that they cared. They gave in the past. But he says, now I speak in regard to need, for I have learned whatever state I am to be, con to be content. There's, there's a lot that we can pull out of, of, this, of this passage, but Paul is saying that in, in, he learned to be content when his needs were felt like they were being taken care of by this group or, or he had abundance or where it seemed like he was, he was uh, struggling, but he still made it through. He learned to be content. See, in the middle of conflict, it's hard to be content. But if we seek after God's peace and presence, and it helps us, being content... Being content gives us strength because then we're not unsettled. But if we don't know how to work through conflict, we're never going to be content. 
See, Paul, he could have, he could have had conflict. It was like, hey, you knew I had a need, and you're not, you're not taking care of it. You're not doing what you need to do. But Paul said, I learned to be content because my trust is not just in people. My trust is in God. He's helping me because I want to have this peace that I've already talked to you about, and I've demonstrated I learned how to be content. I learned how to be at peace with people. That's why I'm encouraging you, help these ladies settle their conflict and their disagreement so they can have peace because then they'll be, at, they'll be content and they'll also be able to give because this is what happens. He is still in need and, they, and the church is giving to them. But if they're in an uproar with, them, with themselves, they're not going to be open to give to other needs. Do you see the connection here? That that's I mean, if if you're not if your heart is not in the right place and you're because you're dealing with stuff and then the, and then it's time for a, an, another offering or a missions offering, it's like why are we going to bless him? I need it in my own house. I'm not content in my own house. I, I'm not been learning how to be content with what the Lord has blessed me. I don't want to give to anybody. Our attitude can 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 block us from receiving the blessings of God. And block us from giving in to other needs when we're just focusing ourselves. And Lord, help us with this. But what, where does it stem from? It all comes back to sometimes conflict, being without peace. And so God, who gives a peace that surpasses what? Our understanding. I'm going through a hard time, and, and, and we know we're going through a hard time, but somehow I've got peace, and, and through that peace, my, my, mind is, my eyes are not just in tunnel vision on me, but I see that there are greater needs, and I'm like, God, if you, even in the middle of my need, if you want me to help bless someone else, I'm going to trust you that you're going to take care of me. Where the Lord leads. I'm not going to say, you know, you, you know, maybe you're in dire need, so you probably should write a check for $100 just to get out of it. I'm like, if the Lord's not telling you to do it, don't do that, right? But when the Lord says, hey, I've got you, and I want you to do this, and you know it's from God, and your obedience, God is going to take care of you. That's why it's important to have this relationship with God to hear his voice. And you heard Pastor Martin say that God wants us to be generous givers. He, this, is, this is part of our DNA as believers, that we are givers because Christ gave to us. But he also wants to give sacrificially, but give in wisdom. So we gotta, when we learn to walk with the Lord, we're able to balance those out and trust in him and walk in faith. Paul is saying, I've learned to, to, be, uh, to be at peace and learn to be content no matter what state I'm in. He goes on in verse 12. And I know how to be abased, I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many has heard that verse before? But a lot of times we throw that out there to help somebody with whatever they're dealing with. But Paul is connecting to this into giving and living. He said, I... In, in the conditions that I am, no matter if I, I feel like I'm having abundance or I, if I'm really just got to, I got to tighten my belt up. I've got to be very careful at all I do, but I've learned to have peace in God because he's the supplier of my needs. I'm going to, I'm going to trust in him and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Keeping that verse inside the context, he's talking about these ladies, help them out. And I think Paul's saying, help them, and they can do all things through Christ. It gives them strength. 
He's put us in the middle. And, and our, our giving, when we're being obedient, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the, the, gives me the strength. To, and, and, and especially when it's connected to the giving. Nevertheless, you have done well. He's talking back to the church again. You've done well to share my distress. You, you, you've helped me in the past, and there were some times you didn't have the opportunity, but then you do, you're coming around, you're helping me again in my time of strength. You Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. You were giving generously. When you were able to do this, he, he, he's, he's excited about what the church was doing. He saw their needs. He saw what they, what they were facing. That's why he kept encouraging them that you don't want this conflict to destroy your church. Because it will destroy your giving. It will destroy your impact on missions around the world. That's what he's saying because Paul is saying, I'm relying on you. You're helping me because you're sending me out. I'm ministering to other groups that you can't be at because of your, your ministry gifts. I'm going out. But if there's conflict in the midst of you, it's going to affect your thinking and your giving and your relationships with one another. And you're not going to be the generous giver that you need to be to, to help me. So I'm telling you all through this, I'm going to learn to, I'm going to learn to trust in God no matter what. I'm going to learn to be at peace. But, but the, this giving thing, it all stems around that you've got to make sure you're living right together in relationships because conflicts can flow and it can spread out and if they're not resolved right it affects everything but he's saying to you that you're sharing now in my distress says now you Philippians know also the beginning of the gospel where I departed you share with me concerning giving and receiving you're helping me verse 16 for even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek, this is so important, the fruit that abounds to your account. He says, you're not doing this because the Bible, later on he talks about in another passage about not giving out of necessity, right? But giving out of what kind of heart? A cheerful heart. Has anybody ever had a cheerful heart when you were not having peace? Have you had a cheerful heart when you're in conflict, when it's not being resolved right? Like I said, all conflicts are not bad. You, you got to go in if you're doing conflict that to, to get to get God involved in it. So you're, there is peace there that helps settle and resolve the conflict of, of disagreement. Not all conflict turn into a fight, right? But it can if we don't handle it right. But if we're in, a, in the intensity of a conflict and we're not and we're not working through it right, I'm not at peace, and I'm not going to give cheerfully. I may still give out of obligation and need, but then I'm like, I'm not doing it the right way because the Bible says don't give it out of necessity. We're supposed to be cheerful givers, but how can I be cheerful if I'm not at peace? I've got to get back to the right place and I've got to get at peace with myself and with others so I'm not in this, in this turmoil that keeps me from being a cheerful giver of my time, talents, and treasures. I seek this gift, but I also want to seek the fruit that abounds to your account. He is, I, I'm seeking what God is doing. And you, so what is this picture of fruit? It's the manifestation of God's presence in their life. It's, it's, it's evident, right? Fruit's not hidden. Fruit is seen. 
That's why, you know, the fruit that grows on the, on the trees and, you know, it's like they're there. They're just, I'd rather pick a fruit off a vine than have to dig it up out of the ground first and then clean it. You know, it's like just a thought of it's like, yeah, that's nice, clean fruit out there and, and it looks good. But if you told me like, hey, deep in that mud right there, there's something delicious for you to eat. You got to dig it up. Now, we, we eat things like potatoes and things like that, right? But it's not like, oh, yeah, that potato looks so good in the ground with all the dirt around it. I can't wait to make French fries tonight. No, but when you see that, that apple hanging there and it's bright and red, like, oh, that would make a great apple pie, right? Our fruit should be evident, not in boastfulness, but it should be out there that see, people see there's fruit in our life because there's peace in our life. Because Christ is in our life. Verse 18 says, Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephroditus the things that sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma and an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. He's just, Paul's just saying, You've been given to me generously, and here's the things that you've been sending my, my way. God supplies all your needs. Say that with me. God supplies all your needs. How many has heard that verse before? You realize it's a context there. You can't just say God supplies all your need if you're not wanting to live at peace with people. If you're not wanting to learn to be at peace and learn how to abound and how to give. Like he's, he's saying to the church, God's supplying all these needs as you've been giving and trusting. It says, and God shall supply all. He's, he didn't say God shall supply all my needs. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the church. And my God shall supply your needs. This church who has been giving out, God's going to supply your needs. Because you've been working through conflict, because you continue to give, because you're at peace and you're you're a cheerful giver, God is going to supply your needs. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is such a powerful passage. So let's connect the dots. This, I think you'll like this. Let's connect these dots. Are you ready? Verse 3 says this. Being a, peace, being a peacemaker. You remember that? We talked about really that last week. Really about being a peacemaker. So we move from being a peacemaker to giving generously. Verses 10, 16, and 18. See how the progression goes? Or there's a, we connect these dots. This passage wasn't just about being a peacemaker, but he says if you can settle that, then you can become a generous giver. And once that happens, we, we rely on Christ's strength for everything. See, we can rely on Christ's strength to, to help us. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength to help me be a generous giver, to help me be a peacemaker, to help me to learn to live in contentment or in, in, in being content i can do this god gives me the strength to do this so let's con- let's uh, let's do the bible this week and i want you to read second corinthians chapter 9 verses 1 through 15. We've we've read these passages before, but I want you to look at that passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and I want you to read it in parallel to Philippians chapter 4. I want you to look at these these two passages together. Then I want you to pray this. 
Lord, help me be a peacemaker who gives generously and relies on your strength, which leads to God supplying all my needs. You see how this, this is straight from the passage. This is straight from Philippians chapter 4. All these things, Lord, help me be a peacemaker. Everybody saw that, right? You saw that first? Who gives generously and relies on whose strength? Your strength. Lord, help me rely on your strength, which leads to God supplying all my... How many wants God to supply all your needs? Be a peacemaker. Be a generous giver of your time, talents, and treasures. You surrender to God and rely on His strength. All right, I want to bring the, the circles back. Can we do this? I want you to see this. There's power of connecting circles, but you've seen these diagrams before. There, there's something powerful when you intersect circles. So let me submit this to you. Being a peacemaker. Okay? You can't just have that part of your life. You've got to have the other things active, too, to get the final results. You, you realize in, in this circle the, where all three intersect, that's the key. That's what we really want, okay? This is where we're going to get there. But this is where, where all three intersect. That's the strongest point of these, these three circles, if they're, if they're joined together. That middle section, that's what we're targeting. You, know, you want to get there? You're like, what's in there? I'll show you. Just hold on. But it starts with being a peacemaker. Sound familiar? Same circles, right? Giving generously, not change anything, same circle, they're connected, but now we're intersecting them, right? Giving generously, Philippians chapter 4, verses 10, 16, 18, that's right there in those verses. The last circle there, relying on Christ's strength. All these interweave together, here's what happens, look at the middle. God will supply all your needs. They're connected. We've tried to separate, keep things separate all the time. This is connected. I can't have one without the other to get the result that I want to get. I can't just be a, a peacemaker and never think about being a generous giver of my time, talents, and treasure and believe that God's going to supply all my needs. I can't just be a generous giver, never relying on the strength of God, and never being a peace, peacemaker, but always, hey, I'm a great giver. You can outgive everybody else, but if you are not a peacemaker and you're not and you're not relying on, on Christ's strength, why is He going to supply your needs? In fact, you're like, I don't need God to supply my needs. I have everything I need anyway. That's why I'm giving so much. So it's not about just giving by itself. It's got to be connected, interconnected with being a peacemaker. You can rely on Christ's strength all all day long. I just rely on His strength. What do you do with it? Well, I don't give, and I'm not making peace, but I'm relying on His strength. They're, they're interconnected. And when we do this, God supplies all your needs. You're talking about financially? I'm talking about he supplies all your needs. You have, how many has needs outside of finances? How many has a need for peace? How many has a need for uh, restitution and, and relationship and, 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 and fixing those things? How many have needs to work on things at, at, at my job and employment? Some things are hard. I have needs beyond just financial needs. 
Some of you have physical needs that need healing uh, in your body and, and, and things that you deal with. God will supply all. He didn't say some. He said all your needs. I can rely and trust on Jesus Christ because the blood of Christ was shed for me. His blood covers me. His blood he atones me. His blood gives me peace. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So I want you to hear a couple of the verses from 2 Corinthians as our praise team comes back. Paul writes this. You'll read this this week. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you have previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as grudging obligation. He's talking about giving gifts, right? He's talking about these financial needs. I'm I'm sending these ahead of time because you're going to give. I wanted to be ready, but this is a matter of generosity. What are we talking about this year? Lord, help me grow in generosity. Verse 6, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully so let each one give as he purposed in his heart not grudgingly out of necessity for god loves a cheerful giver and god is listen to this verse and god is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance of every good work that sounds like god will supply your needs do you know why he'll supply our needs because of his blood we're going to take communion this morning together if you haven't already gotten an element you can slip out or an usher may bring one to you As we take communion this morning, we're going to pause for a moment. And I'm going to let Bethany find that one chord that sounds good where you just hit it and it just plays by itself for just a little bit, That just that nice tone, because I want you to be able to be involved in just hearing. But we're going to settle in just a moment and thank God for His grace and His mercy. And I want us to check our hearts. That's what the Bible talks about. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I want to I examine my heart this morning. Lord, I, I want to rely on your strength. But I can't just do that alone. Lord, I, I want to be a generous giver, but I can't just do that alone. I can't just do that and rely on your strength. That doesn't give me the full strength of what you want. I also want to be a peacemaker. And through the power of Jesus Christ, his transforming power. What what does his blood do? He covers our sins and he renews us and he makes us new creations. We're new creatures in Christ. We're new. But he's still working on my heart. So we just take a couple moments right now, reflect on this. And as you do, I, I, I want to 
say this. If you're in this room and you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, if you're watching online this morning and you haven't given your heart to Christ, this is the time to do it. It's by simply saying this prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me my sins because I recognize I need you in my life and I've been trying to do it without you. Will you come into my heart? In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer this morning, whether here you can come around the altar in a little bit and talk to me or if you're online, you can, uh, you can reach out to me. My number will be on the screen. But I want to minister to you these next few moments we're just going to take a a time of reflection before we take communion will you do that just meditate on the lord for a few moments